0: Now, here's former Hollywood actress Tina Griffin, back with more behind the scenes info on the Counterculture Mom Show. We are live at the National Religious Broadcasters event here in Nashville, Tennessee. It's about my seventh year coming, but nothing could prepare my heart and mind for this amazing guest, Ken Ham, CEO, founder of Creation Museum. You also built a big arc in a lot less than what, a couple hundred years. You're doing fantastic. Thank you for coming on the show today.
1: Well, thank you, Tina. It's great to be with you again. I think it was millions of years ago the last time we spoke. It was well, it millions like of it.
0: years ago. But then no, I don't be-
1: believe in millions of years. And
0: no, you don't. I was going to say because of all the content you pump out there to debunk evolution, mm-hmm. it w- it's only been about four years ago. And I thought my four screaming, loud, excited children when you gave us a tour at your creation museum, which was fantastic, I thought that was going to scare you away. So thank you for coming back.
1: Well, you know, the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter are the two leading Christian-themed attractions in the world. And our ministry, the overall ministry, is called Answers in Genesis. And the reason for that is because God's Word in Genesis has come under a particular attack in our time. Absolutely. And a lot of churches have succumbed to it, and it's undermined the authority of the Word of God. And actually, the first 11 chapters of the Bible are foundational to everything else.
0: To everything else. And I know a lot of people might be familiar with who you are because you made headline news when you went against Bill Nye, and there was 25 million views on that. Do you remember?
1: Yep, that was 2014 at the Creation Museum, and I debated Bill Nye, and there's about 25 million people have seen that debate since then, well, that we know of, and possibly millions more. And then I debated him again, actually, when the Ark Encounter opened, and the Ark Encounter opened uh, in 2016, and the uh, day after the Ark encounter opened, Bill and I came. He wanted to interview me. He was all concerned about climate change and so on. So we started on the third deck of the Ark, and we, <laughs> I took him through all the exhibits. You know, he's supposed to go from deck one to deck three. He didn't want to do that. He wanted to start on deck three. So we went deck three, two, one, and challenged him all the way through. And it was an informal debate, but I, I felt that I was able to have the time to challenge his thinking about, you know, how do you determine what's right and what's wrong and so on. And it really showed up that as an atheist, and that's what he really is, he's an atheist. Yes. uh, He really has no basis for anything, ultimately.
0: Let's, Let's take a couple steps back. I'm glad that you took him for a tour in your ARC. The ARC takes about a day or two to go through it well. It's that fantastic. When I first got out of the car with my children, even my husband, Luke, he shed a couple tears because it is phenomenal to see what you and your team built. Before the ARC was created, you had the Creation Museum. What made you get involved after coming to the States in 1987 for having a heart and passion for debunking evolution and talking about creationism?
1: Well, that really goes back to... Well, it goes back a long way to my childhood days and parents Mm who brought up their children to stand on God's Word. And my father taught us apologetics. Liberal theology was very rampant in a lot of the churches back then. And so uh, he was always studying liberal theology to teach us as kids how to answer the attacks on God's Word so that we wouldn't be led astray. And so really my, my father was teaching us apologetics. And then when I went to high school... Uh, of course, the textbooks are all evolutionary. And back then, we didn't have the books we have today. We didn't have an ark or a creation museum. And I know my father didn't have answers to a lot of things, uh, particularly in regard to the science aspects. And what he would tell us is just because there aren't any answers right now doesn't mean there won't be. We just don't know what the answers are right now. But if you don't stand on a literal genesis, you have no foundation for the rest of the Bible because all of our doctrines are founded in Genesis one to eleven. You know, people today, you know, of course heard the topic of marriage and gay marriage a lot and gender and so on. Well think about it. The foundation for marriage is in Genesis one to eleven. The foundation that there's only two genders of humans is in Genesis one to eleven. Yes. So everything. We were we were taught that and then I went to university and during my final year at university I came across uh, a couple of books and one of them that really taught How can you have death, bloodshed, disease, and suffering before sin? See, if you believe in millions of years, the fossil record was laid down millions of years before man. But in the fossil record, there's evidence of cancer and arthritis and abscesses. And wait a minute, after God created everything, he said everything's very good. He doesn't call cancer very good. And so I started to realize that, hey... there's no way you can believe in millions of years and not that i did but i started to understand more theologically why not and then was able to get some other books including a book called the genesis flood that gave me some scientific answers as well as i started teaching in the public schools one of the things i found was the students would say so how can you be a christian when we know the Bible's not true because of what they were taught in their textbooks about evolution and millions of years and I took them to museums, they're always from an evolutionist perspective. So would you believe, back in the late 70s, I was crying out to the Lord, why can't we have a creation museum? Oh, unbelievable. And in 1980, we started an organization in our house in 1977. I went full-time into the ministry in 1979 in our in our house there in in Australia. And then in 1980, I and one of the board members who helped to start the ministry knelt down a piece of property in Australia and prayed God would let us build a creation oh, museum. that's
0: amazing. So that's
1: where the burden started. And God answered that prayer well, Big time. in 2007 uh, in... Uh, America in the state of Kentucky. How about that?
0: Uh, Kentucky, and you were saying earlier, two-thirds of our country, easy couple-hour drive to get to your museum.
1: Well, it- actually, we're in northern Kentucky. The... Uh, the- both attractions are we're within a one-day drive of two-thirds of the population
0: that's so it's a wonderful
1: destination location very easy to get to and we're right off interstate 75 which is the second busiest north south interstate in america
0: okay so i want to tell people tuning in right now of course you know that this week we're doing a whole series on where to take your kids for the summer summer family trips with lasting memories i highly suggest there's so many parents tuning in and responding to us and giving us your thoughts on Disney that you want to ditch Disney. I completely agree we should ditch Disney by giving the elitists a lot of cash for something that's not going to help our children have a deeper foundation and love for oh, the Lord. They have to come your direction.
1: And, you know, Disney, more and more, of course, it's all the woke culture. Absolutely. And they're pushing LGBT. Yes, they are. And they bring it into their cartoons and movies and so on. Sexual so, graphic content. Yeah, so why would people want to take their kids to that, those places? You know what we're finding? We're finding post-COVID... Uh, that if I, you shouldn't even say that word these right, days, but right. post COVID, we get it. <laughs> um, our numbers at the Creation Museum and the Ark are greater than pre-COVID, than, than the, you know, than before the shutdowns that all occurred and so on. And we're finding a lot of families are coming and saying they just have really recognised the importance of the spiritual legacy for their family, and they want to take them somewhere that'll impact them. And you know, the uniqueness of the Ark mm-hmm. and the Creation Museum is. These, these attractions appeal to all ages, right from little kids right up through to technical scientists. And you can spend as much or little time as you want. But for instance, at the Creation Museum, a centerpiece now we have lots of other exhibits and we have the planetarium, which is absolutely spectacular, is it takes so you out to outer space, amazing. and our 4D theater. But the centerpiece is a walk through the Bible. So even if you're a little kid, you get to experience the Bible. You know what kids have said to us? It makes the Bible come, come alive. Come to life. I was going to say
0: the same thing. And I'm like 40-some, and it came to life it, for it me. Does. It does. Makes,
1: it makes it sort of seem, seem more, just much more real. Absolutely. And, and I have
0: to say, a quick plug, your displays are not cheesy at all. It looks all like right. you're in the garden of... Eden, well, right there. Well, we've had
1: people say to us, the quality at the Creation Museum and the Ark is above that of Hollywood. And I would say it is. It absolutely I, yeah, is. I remember taking a CBS reporter actually through the Ark, and we're between the second and third decks, right? And he stops, because all three decks are filled with exhibits, and we have a lot more outside the Ark, too. We have a, a full zoo outside the Ark, and we have a virtual reality ride. And we have a 2,500 seat conference center where we do all sorts of programming and yes. workshops, and we have a science lab and
0: worship oh, nights. I see uh, that come through. Yeah, on your...
1: and and, and yeah, you know, we have concerts there. Um, we have a resident um, artist group there, and we do science labs for kids and young people. This and di- cool. it's just a phenomenal place. But as I was taking him through, we were between the second and third decks, and he turns to me and he says, "You said this was the quality of Hollywood," and I said, "Yeah." He said, "No, nah, this is not the quality of Hollywood." This is way above Hollywood. He said, for a start, the wood's real.
0: Ah, and that,
1: and that's, that's a funny thing because I've been, I've been to Disney and you see, oh, they're trying, they're trying to make out that's a tree and make it look like wood or whatever. The Ark, think about this. It's the largest what's called timber frame structure in the world. Wow. It's one and a half times the length of a football field. Ah. So think of this wooden ship. One and a half times the length of a football field, half the width of a football field. It stands 51 feet high, but we built it 15 feet off the ground. So at the midsection, it stands seven stories high. At the bow, it's 10 stories high. 3.3 million board feet of timber. I mean, it's all timber. It's real wood.
0: It's real and wood. And
1: people go in there, and they just staggered. And you know what I've had little kids say? As soon as they see it, they look, and they say, wow, Noah could fit the animals on that ship, couldn't I he? I
0: was just going to say that. When I first saw it, from the parking lot a half a mile away because it was packed and I could see why it would be packed but when you're in there it's still very spacious, you're not on top of other people it helped me understand yes it is possible for Noah back then because it's the replica same size of what he built and you could easily see how all the animals would fit on the ark which is a way that Satan's trying to tell young kids to debunk the biblical story because there's no way he could actually put all the animals on that ark when you see it you're like I get it. He totally could.
1: Now, Tina, am I allowed to critique you a little bit?
0: Yeah, go for it. Uh-oh.
1: Are you ready for this?
0: No. <laughs>
1: so, um, I know we're used to saying things like biblical story. Yes. But did you know that I try to get away from using the word story? And you know why? Why do you? Why? Because when, Sounds we, fictitious? when we would say, let's have a Bible story generations ago, people knew it was something true from Bible. But the word story has changed meaning, and I speak to uh, all sorts of audience sizes all across America and other parts of the world, and when I ask them, what's the word story mean today, they say fairy tale.
0: Yeah, see? And
1: see, kids get the idea. We have stories at church that are not really true, but real stuff at schools, those that go to public school, that are teaching them, they're the ones teaching them stories.
0: So what word should I use? Historical account.
1: I love it. Record.
0: Perfect. Account
1: of. Oh, yeah. And see, and I challenge churches, I challenge churches, (laughs) instead of telling the kids, come out the front, let's have a Bible story, because, see, there's another aspect to this. The Bible as a book of history has come under real attack in our day, and you have the secular saying, it's not history, it's myth, and so on. We need to even overemphasize, it's a book of history. I... When I teach kids, I tell them it's the history book of the universe. It's God's history book to us. So I want to emphasize it's history. So kids, we're going to look at the historical account of Noah. You you see what I'm saying?
0: I love the difference in that. And I I have to do another plug for parents to realize summer trip, you have to put Circle Kentucky and come to your Creation Museum and the Ark because... And be prepared, because when you leave, your kids will not want to go back to public school if they're currently in it, because the Bible will come to life, truth will be revealed, and your kids will be bored with the lies that they now are getting in school. And the problem we have now, Ken, is a lot of students would tell me when I'm doing school assemblies, Tina, we want to speak up in class, but they either won't call on me. I'm bullied if I speak up and talk about creationism in the school. What can you tell parents? First of all, first, first foremost, you'd agree with me, I know, on this. We should homeschool our children because we're going to be held accountable to God and how we raise our kids. If you have, do you have something to say about that part of no, it? I was
1: going to say um, homeschool or a true biblical worldview Christian school. Yes. And we have our own Christian school, actually. And, you know, some of our grandkids, we have 18 grandkids.
0: Oh, my Uh, gosh. You don't look that old. uh, I would say maybe one.
1: A number of them go to to, uh, our Christian school. A number of them are homeschooled. But most Christian schools don't teach true biblical worldview. And so our daughter Renee had a real burden to start a Christian school to teach a real biblical worldview. And so, you know, I I, I tell you, Public schools are incredibly destructive. You know I say to parents? I wrote a book on this called Will They Stand? See, I've asked parents, you know, about... Um the kids in the public schools. And they say, well, the Bible says where to be salt and light, yeah. right? Now they don't know it. W- w- exactly. And uh, they say us kids should be in school to witness to the other kids. And I say, you realize what the Bible says? You can't be salt till you have it. Yes. If your kids don't have the salt, they can't go out there and be salt. And the Bible also warns that if the salt's contaminated is good for nothing. Exactly. You can't just throw your kids out there to be witnesses in that system. You have got to train them up, fill them with salt, and... You've got to prepare them for the world that's attacking God's Word. So you've got to teach them apologetics, which is what we do in all the exhibits at the Ark and the Creation Museum. Absolutely. And the resources we have. So they have the answers. So then as they mature, they will be able to be witnesses out there. But the majority of kids from our church homes that have gone to public schools, and 85 to 90% of kids from church homes go to the public schools, the majority walk away from the church. Absolutely. Incredibly destructive. And parents need to stand back and realize something is dreadfully wrong. Because if you look at Generation Z and the millennials, church attendance for them is down to just over 8%. Absolutely. We've seen a generational Plummeting. loss from the church. And I say it's really to do with parents have not trained their kids properly. Churches have not trained. Most churches have compromised God's Word in Genesis, and they become more entertainment facilities. And the kids have gone to a secular education system that is imposed upon them the worldview of naturalism, which is atheism. That's what's happened.
0: That's exactly what's going on. And, you know, with kids watching and listening to 70 hours worth of pop culture every single week, and they're in class for 40, primarily public school, 130 hours of an anti-God message going in their brains, and we wonder why suicide And depression and cutting and all the rest are issues with our kids. They have to get your info. Now, I just heard your resources are phenomenal. I just heard you speak at Jack Hibbs Church last week in Mm -hmm. California. Mic drop moment. You could hear a pin drop in that audience. Everybody was like, yes, yes, and yes. And I believe you brought boxes and boxes of resources. They were gone on the first church service. And we
1: had pallets of resources.
0: Pallets that were gone. I saw lines well, I had
1: of, three services and they were all gone by the end of the first. They were all
0: gone. And it's because people are starving for the truth. Ken, people are starving for the truth. So the Creation Museum is phenomenal. Give us a couple of details of what type of exhibits you have in there. And then also if you can talk about your pro-life, your brand new exhibit, I would love to bring our kids back this summer and, and look at that. It looks amazing.
1: Well, the Creation Museum is its a really unique place. And so um, as you come into the Christ Museum, we have a planetarium, uh, which is state-of-the-art. So it's a laser projection system. And you sit in these chairs and lean back. And we take you in outer space. And you know what we show you? The size of the universe. Because you know what the Bible says? Um, God made the sun, moon, and stars. He made the heavens to declare the glory of God. And when you see the size of the universe and the billions of galaxies that are out there, Unreal. You, you just start to say how great God is, how small we are. And how special we are that God would send His Son to come to this planet. Yes. A little speck of dust in, in, in this massive universe. And yet this is a very special place because He made His creatures in His image. And He wants to rescue us from the problem that we have, which is sin, because we rebelled in Adam uh, so we can spend eternity with Him. We have a 4D theater. You sit in there and, and we take you through the whole Bible in 10 minutes and give you the whole gospel message in 4D. It's it's phenomenal. But then then we have these exhibits that teach you how to think correctly. You know, that's radical for education, teaching how to think. Right. Because we want to teach you how to think foundationally, starting from the Bible. Because one of the reasons a lot of parents don't understand what's happening in the public schools, they don't understand that there are two worldviews ultimately. One that starts from God's word or man's word public schools are imparting a religion on the kids because Absolutely. everyone has a worldview. Everyone has a religion. So we teach people how to think about that. We teach them the whole history of the Bible and where it came from because most people don't understand that. It's a massive exhibit doing that. And then we walk people through what's called the seven seas of history. I love that. And, and that, was, that was almost my burden because when you walk through Genesis to Revelation, it's creation. Uh, perfect creation, corruption, the entrance of sin and death, catastrophe, the flood of Noah's day, confusion, the terror of Babel. The first four Cs is Genesis 1-11. to Yes. All our doctrines founded in Genesis 1-11, to the rest of the Bible, our Christian worldview, Genesis 1-11 to is what has come under attack by the world. Most churches have given it up, and yet it's the foundation for everything. And so we take people through that because... My, my, what I wanted to see... Going back to the 70s was people to understand how to how to correctly interpret the world we live in. Because here's what I noticed: kids, church, people in churches, pastors, leaders, they're looking up here and saying, "We've got all these issues. There's marriage. There's, there's creation. There's evolution. There's this and that and this." And, that. and they're trying to figure out how do how do we deal with all this? But if you start from God's word in Genesis and you understand perfect world marred by sin, death as a consequence, flood of Noah's day, Tower of Babel that's the foundation for everything it then everything falls into place because you know the right way to think Tara babel god gave different languages forming different people groups not races we all go back to adam and eve one race flood of noah's day that's why there are fossils all over the world the entrance of sin and death that's why there's death in the world and that's why we now see all sorts of problems and that's the foundation for everything so we walk you and you imagine your kids and by the way, we have ten and under all free at the Ark and the Creation Museum. Tell, i
0: be going to say that line again. And what you're saying is absolutely phenomenal. If we can nail the foundation, yep. everything else will crumble. And
1: because once you've got that right foundation, you're putting on you're putting on a pair of glasses, glasses, and you're looking at the world and you're saying, "Oh, why is there so much death and suffering because of our sin?" Oh. What do we do with all these races? There aren't different races. There's one race. We're all family. We all go back to Adam Eve. Different people groups because of the Tower of Babel. And you talk about the
0: different pigment color of our skin.
1: Yeah, we're all the same color.
0: All the same color, different shades. I tell you what, Satan's trying to have a heyday, taking people down. But we know that if he's working this hard overtime to try to deceive the masses in the biggest scam that we've ever seen in our globe, not just nation, you know he has little time left, so he's trying major Your stuff is amazing. I want to say one more time quickly that all children 10 and under are free throughout the rest of the year at Creation Museum and the Ark. And the Ark and the Ark. Hello. I still have two children under 10. We're going to get up there before the, the next second to the last one turns 10. But the other thing is, and you gave us such a phenomenal walk through the museum. Thank you for doing that, for taking the time to do oh, that. by there... the way, you
1: want me to mention the Fearfully Wonderfully Made exhibit?
0: Yes, Fearfully Wonderfully Made exhibit. So
1: we have what I would call the most powerful pro-life exhibit in the world. Oh, it looks and amazing. we're actually tripling it in size this year. And as people walk through, we actually take them through right from fertilization, right through to the birth of a baby, and... The models are so exquisite. They look real. Uh, they do. And uh, they're I- incredibly exquisite models. And and they're very real. Uh, I, mean, I mean, we actually had to put a, a sign on there to tell people, these are actually models.
0: <laughs> yeah, not the real deal. <laughs> they look deal. so
1: real. Um, they're even the right color and, and so on. And as people see that, we've actually had... Uh, people tell us from pregnancy clinics that those models, and we actually have 3D photos of them that they can use as well, but those models actually impact a lot of people more than actually even an ultrasound because you actually see uh, the, the child. And, and as we will through explain all this, I love to see mums and dads bringing their children through and... We also have signage that teaches about the abortion issue and about forgiveness and, um, you know, there's death and suffering in the world and so on. But it is the most powerful pro-life exhibit in the world. And in the the exhibit that we're opening uh, in uh, August of uh, this year, 2022, we're actually going to have a giant baby and showing the placenta and how it all works. And then all the baby models are actually... You're actually going to see the organs working in them at at the various stages. Wow.
0: Ken, the one thing in the back of my brain I keep thinking about for our entire interview is this. You said something majorly profound in the very beginning that your father was teaching you apologetics when you were a child. Mm -hmm. That is what us as parents must do. Look at his investment in you when you were a kid and what God has done through you because he took his time to invest in you right now. I can tell you that Luke and I daily try to look back, what can we do better? And we feel like we're so busy trying to help save America that I don't want to lose my kids in the process. What could you tell parents right now about the importance of what your father did for you so we can have world-changing children in homes in America and around this globe to do even a fraction of what you did? You built an ark in America. That's amazing.
1: Well, it's interesting. At the Creation Museum, actually, we have a display called the Ham Family Legacy. And I have my father's Bible in there, and you can see all his notes in the Bible. And a little Noah's ark he built me many, many years ago, not knowing one day we'll build a life-size ark. And then I have pictures of my mother and father, and what I'm challenging people is this. What legacy are you leaving in this world? Because really the ARC, the Creation Museum, the Ministry of Answers and Genesis, conservatively speaking, we would say from research we've done, we impact directly over 30 million people a year, but tens of millions more uh, indirectly. We have one and a half million uh, that come to the Ark and the Creation Museum each year. God, really? And you look at that, and it's all a legacy of parents who would never knowingly compromise God's Word. Uh, my father would never compromise God's Word. So many today will say, well, maybe you can believe in evolution. Maybe the days aren't ordinary days. It doesn't really matter. No, my father would say, what does the Word of God say? say. You know, it is written. Thus says the Lord.
0: Okay, so everybody, you got to check out Ken Ham's website. It's phenomenal, phenomenal. You have to put it on the map this year. Go check it out. Best family trip of 2022 and probably your previous years combined go to arcencounter.com or creationmuseum.org share this episode also check out the links surrounding the show and download the counterculture mom app click on premium and inside of there you will find Ken Ham's website all of his resources we have it all right there also an amazing hookup. we have an affiliate program with us too so thank you for partnering with us you can find that at the counterculture mom app as well download it get it and check it out as you're driving north to Kentucky thanks a lot you guys Get ready for part two of the Counterculture Mom Show
1: right after the short commercial break. Depression, anxiety, fear. Life isn't the problem, your mind is. You can heal your wounded
0: mind. Roman Garcia, Mind Medic, former FBI Special Agent, and Tactical Medic turned Life Coach. Roman helps you repair your emotional wounds. Stop feeling powerless, enjoy life again, and regain control over your health, wealth, and relationships. Visit mind-medic.com for a free conversation with Roman. That's mind-medic.com.